is uh, we unwrap God's gift to us. Last week, we talked about unwrapping God's presence. And basically, what we talked about was being a good receiver and unwrapping Jesus, unwrapping who he is, his, his divine personality, but also what his outwork in our life is. And, and really, the way the, the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me, dealing with a lot of us, is we came to a revelation that we need to be better receivers, that, that, that grace is a gift. It's, it's not a work to earn. We don't work ourselves into right standing with God, that we receive that. But it's not just also so that we can get to heaven. And it, 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 we are going to get to heaven when we receive Christ, when we receive him into our heart, and we have the Holy Spirit working in us. But the gift of God is so comprehensive, and that word grace was just all over me this week. I was talking to a gentleman, and I'm going to explain this a little bit later. Uh, I was talking to him earlier this week in my office, and, and I looked at that word, and it's a Greek word. It's called charis. I think it's pronounced charis, but there's, there's some that would say charis. Uh, either way, it's where we get that term. You've heard the term charismatic. You've heard the term charismatic. Well, I'm going to define that in a little bit. But the reason I wanted to start with that particular narrative is because in that story, Mary is what they believe, scholars believe, is a teenage girl, probably 15 or 16 years of age. And you can imagine that growing up in the Jewish culture, and I'm trying to put you back in that that time frame, they all knew who Messiah was. They they knew that Messiah was coming. They didn't know who he was going to be, but they had, as we talked about last week, they had certain prophetic... Uh, scriptures to stand on to, to, to wait for the Messiah to come. And so all of a sudden, one day, this angel shows up, Gabriel, and says, by the way, uh, you're going to have uh, a baby, and his name will be Emmanuel, and he'll be the Savior of the world. What do you do with that? And so, so, so Mary, here's Mary, and she's saying, be it unto me according to your word. Now, in the Greek, in that scripture, that word for word means rhema. And I'm going to talk a little bit about rhema today uh, as it pertains to scripture and also to Mary. But that word rhema has significance. Uh, There's two words in the Greek for rhema, or should say for word in the Greek, and that is logos and rhema. If you look at the comprehensive narrative of the Bible, the rhema word is the active spoken word. The written word, the Bible as it is as a whole, would be considered the logos, okay? So there's rhema and logos, which it sounds a little confusing, but I'm going to explain that a little bit more. But imagine that word, when you read a Bible verse, this is the easiest way to say it. When you read a Bible verse, and that Bible verse, you're reading it maybe in a quiet time, and all of a sudden, one day, it pops out at you and you say, Oh my gosh, by his stripes, I was healed. It wasn't just... By his stripes we're healed. It was, oh my gosh. It's active in birth. Are you getting this? Some of this, okay? So scripture comes alive. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about Mary. And not only about the rhema word that she received, but also Zechariah. How many know who Zechariah is? Now, Zechariah was a priest who uh, was working in the temple. And that same angel approached him. Gabriel. And they both had the same response. It was interesting because they both said, how can this be? For Mary, it was, how can this be? I'm a virgin. For, for, Joseph, for Zechariah, it was, how can this be? I'm an old guy, really old. And my wife's really old. 
I'm sure he didn't say that to her because, you know, that would be offensive. But she, she was old. And, and so uh, how, how can this be? But here's what, here's what Scripture says, is that, is that the angel Gabriel shut his mouth. It says that it shut Zechariah's mouth. And, I, and I've studied that. I'm like, okay, on the surface, they look the same. Well, why is it this guy and, and, and Mary, they had two opposite results. I mean, why did the angel shut, but why didn't they shut Mary's mouth? You ever ask that question? Here, here's, here's, here's a prime example. Let me give you some body language. How many of you ever tried to give somebody something to a closed fist? Did they say anything while you're giving it, or did they just look like this? And you just, you're not going to give that to me. I'm not going to receive that, right? How many understand God knows the attitude of the heart? How many understand that when you receive something, people know if you're like this or if you're like, bring it, right? And also, how do you know that God knows the attitude of our heart and the way we receive and how we would receive a rhema word? He also knew Zechariah, his tendencies. He knew Mary and her tendencies. Here's a 16-year-old girl who's just just starting life with world-changing faith. Here's Zechariah, who's lived under the law his whole life. He knows exactly what he needs to do. And at the moment of truth, when he needs to receive that rhema word, he's in doubt. Can you guys relate to any of this? A little bit. I've had these moments in my life. I've had moments where I've been more like Mary. I've had moments where I've been like Zechariah. And I've had moments where I've been like Joseph. We saw how the angel Gabriel talked to him through a dream. Joseph, he's got a lot of things to think about. He sees Mary in the natural. He sees her pregnant. He believes that she was not pregnant by the Holy Spirit at first. As she's looking at this with natural eyes, she's thinking... Who did you be with? And so he's seeing that in the flesh. It took a divine rhema word from the Lord to get him out of the ditch and to say, yeah, be it unto me according to your word, and I'm going to risk my reputation. Mary, I'm going to risk my reputation. I'm going to risk being stoned. You saw that little stoning thing? That's the Jewish culture in that day. And so we have this wonderful picture of all of these three different characteristics of people. And as God's kind of fleshing this out, he wanted me to illustrate the different responses. Here's what I want you to be today. And I believe as God has set up this series and over the last couple of weeks is to set you up to be a good receiver. I want you to be able to say, be it unto me according to your word. We have to know what the word says. Now, as the birth of Christ came, the angels, obviously, we know the stories of the wise men. We know the stories of, of the magi, the, the, the shepherds that came. And, and Mary was in awe. And in the first scripture I want to show you is Luke 2.19. I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. But Mary was keeping within herself all these things, sayings, weighing and pondering them in her heart. So Mary was cultivating an expectation of Messiah. She has had the promised baby. But think about this. She is entrusted with the living God to nurture, to clothe. I don't know if they had diapers back then. They probably had, I don't know if they had pampers, but they had the little linen stuff, you know, they could. I mean, she's having to take care. Think about that. And then all of these people are saying to her, confirming time and again, God's initial word. Yeah, that's Messiah. Yeah, that's Messiah. He's going to save the world. She's treasuring things in her heart. And what I want you to do with your Christian walk is to begin to understand that that's exactly how we need to be. When God gives us a promise, we don't need to discard it. We need to ponder on it, marinate on it, treasure it, and then speak it forth. 
Because here's what we learn from Israel's history. We learn from the children of Israel that you can abort the promise. We learn from children's history, from the children of Israel, that, that there were 10, 12 spies that went in to scout out the promised land. Ten of them didn't make the promised land. Why? They aborted the promises. Two men said yes and amen, and the other ten said no. And I don't want you, I don't want God, I don't, God does not want any of us to abort the promises. John 15, 7 says this, If you live in me, abide vitally united to me in my words, and I put the, the plural word of rhema, I put the plural word for words there, it's remata. So these are active living words. If you live in me, abide vitally united to Jesus and my words, my active words in you, Remain in you and continue to live in your hearts. Ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. This is exactly where Mary was at when she said, Be it unto me according to your word. She let it stir up the gift. The Bible says stir up the gift. Fan it into flames. It's a game changer, folks. This is living with power. My heart's cry for this generation is to live in the grace and power and love of Jesus. And not just... Not just sometimes love is tough. Sometimes you need an empowerment to, to take tough stands in, in dire situations. Sometimes you've got to take a tough stand with your flesh and your checkbook. Sometimes you've got to take stands. You need these active remata words in you to give life to your, your journey with God. Someone promises you to buy something. Do you thank them for it? Here's, here, here, here's another example. So let's say... I promise to give you, let's say I, I promise to give hope. I'm thinking something big here, sweetheart. Let me think. Uh, a new car, okay? Or a new van. We've got like four kids, so we need it. An SUV? You want an SUV? Okay. So hope, hope. Honey, I'm bringing home a brand new SUV. Well, here's the thing. I would be wounded by the time, from the time that I went to the dealership and I'd go to Jerry because he's my father-in-law. He sells cars. Say, hi, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. A little commercial for you. Uh, but he, 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 he would sell me that car. Well, I would be deeply wounded if my wife, by the time I gave her the car, if she had never said thank you in advance. Like when I told her, I don't want to buy you a car. Well, my expectation would be is, wouldn't you thank me right away? Hey, thanks for buying me a car. Have, I, have she received the car yet? No. Likewise, when God gives you a promise, when he gives you a rhema word, both corporately and for the body of Christ, what we need to be like is say, thank you, Jesus, before we see it. Oh, by the way, and then you thank him and praise him after you get it too. Amen? Man, this is good preaching. I need a little more amens. Can we get some swagger in here, please? So then we have to determine, okay, Kibby, what's the promise then? You've got to establish then, if you're saying that I need this remata in me, well then, uh, you've got to establish what the promises are. Very good. Both corporately and privately. I can tell you God's rhema word to me was to be a pastor for Life Church. That's a, that's a private rhema word that I had, okay? Now, but a corporate, private, uh, corporate promise that God has given me is that, Ryan, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope in a future, Jeremiah 29, 11. And then that word becomes alive in me, and all of a sudden I believe it, and I receive it, and I thank him for it, even in the midst of financial struggle. Comes alive. That's the grace of God. 2 Peter 1, 4 says this, And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us, what? Great 
and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you, say enable me, to share his what? Divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. We all know we have a sin problem. We need to eradicate the sin problem. And the question is, is it do I do it by the seven steps of psychology or do I do it by the grace of Jesus? Who invented psychology, by the way? He did. Nothing against psychology, but if you don't apply the blood of Jesus to anything with human wisdom, it's rubbish. But with, with Christ, with the Lord, with his empowerment, it's a game changer. I wanted to talk to you, I mentioned about charis, the Greek word. I was talking to a gentleman this week in my office, and how many of you heard that charis is another word for grace, which is another word, and you've heard it said unmerited favor. Have you heard that? Very true. Very true. But let me give you a deeper picture because it, it just popped alive as I was studying this. And, and this gentleman pointed me to the Strong's Concordance, uh, which is what a lot of pastors use. It gives a deeper uh, revelation of what each Greek word means. So I'm studying this. I'm studying this. And, and he points me to, to that Greek word for grace. And, you know, I've always thought, and it is, an aspect of grace is divine favor. It is unmerited favor. But if you take, if you take unmerited favor without Jesus, what you have is a situation, it'd be, it'd be a picture of this. Uh, I meet a total stranger on the road, and I give him $25, just out of the blue. He didn't deserve it. He didn't earn it. But I don't have relationship there, right? Now watch this. If I have relationship with you... And I give you off. There, there's a deeper context to it, right? Okay, now watch this. This is, a, this is in the Strong's Concordance for the Greek word charis. And this is one of the things in it. It's not all of it, but it's, yes, unmerited favor. But let's put charis up there. I want you to see this. I want you to see this. It is the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. The divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. Here's the revelation. You ready for this? Grace is Jesus. It's a person. Unmerited favor is an aspect of what he gives us. But we're, when we get grace, we get the full meal deal. We get Jesus. And we get all the divine empowerments that come with it. I mean, that's really a deeper content. Grace is not only getting us off the hook, not what we don't deserve, but man, it's the infusion of the living essence of Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory, who will bring these promises to pass in your life. The biggest barrier I've found for me, two barriers. One, the fear of preaching it. Two, the fear of you receiving it. You fearing yourself to receive it. I mean, is it possible that we can get in the way of our own reception? Now, I know this sounds a little radical. Some of you are like, wow, you know. But when I got revelation of the deep words of grace and Jesus is... A, so, by grace, we are saved through faith. Let me, through faith. Let me insert this. By Jesus, we are saved through faith. By the divine influence written on our hearts, we are saved through faith. Isn't this incredible? I mean, I got excited. I was like, wow, it's more than just unmerited favor. Unmerited favor is there. It's deeper. It's him. So everywhere sickness and disease is, if Jesus is the divine influence in the room, can sickness and disease stand where the divine influence is? Wow. 
So I don't have to make excuses for my inadequacy. I just have to receive the divine influence in my life. This is where I got in a ditch for years because I felt like I had to obey to get God to move on my behalf first. But now once I learn to flip it around, I need to be a good receiver first of the divine influence and then I will obey. But he will release that in my life when I flip it around and I become a good receiver first. Incredible for me. And I began to see this. And what's interesting is, which, which is more freeing? You've got to do nine steps to get your promises, brother. Or Jesus did it all on the work on the cross 2,000 years ago. He bought that for me and by his stripes I'm healed, delivered, set free. His. The divine influence. Wow. I got excited about that. So the promises of God are yes and amen. Mark eleven twenty two. you saw that up there. Now, this is, as I set this up, this right here, this scripture took on new meaning when I say this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. We've all heard that. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received, past tense, it will be yours. Mary believed first. She believed she received it. And what came? The birth. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, you, God is wanting to impregnate you with something big and awesome and wonderful. And you have a world out there saying it can't be, it won't be, sin will wreck your life. You're nobody, you're nothing, you're a loser. You've got voices out there telling you that you don't deserve it. And what I'm telling you is you do deserve it because of Jesus. Because where grace is, lack of sickness, disease, bad thinking, psychological garbage, every wrong mindset, every sin under the sun where the divine influence of grace is on your life, things change. The more I got revelation of lifting up Jesus, you know, I was telling somebody, even in the podcast, I, I listened to some other preachers across the, the country. I, I try to hear... They have certain revelations. I like to listen and, and, and feed my own spirit. But it's amazing how many amazing uh, preachers out there. But when I, when I hear some of them, it's like it's God, it's Christ. But you know, I can go through a whole sermon and never hear the word Jesus. Or when it's talking about Jesus, it's talking about the hist- historical Jesus. What I'm trying to present to you is the active living rhema word of Jesus birthed in your life where it's life-giving. It's not just saying Jesus to say Jesus. It's Jesus, the name of all of all names, the name that divides things. And the more you lift up the sun, the more you lift up the sun and not what we do, good preaching is rubbish unless it's filled with Jesus. If it doesn't give glory to God, it's rubbish. And I... And I will tell you, right when I was first starting my ministry, I had a heart for God, but I was preaching more law than I was grace. The law is good, perfect, holy, just, and wonderful. But I have no power to obey it unless I have the charis in me first. The grace of God in me first. When we believe that we receive the promises of God, it's past tense. You believe that you've received it. It's done. It's finished. And then I thank him for it, and then the manifestation comes. 
But I can't make that happen. A religious formula can't happen. You can have the the right thinking but the wrong revelation. You can hear someone else say, well, this is what I did and this is what I did and God did this for me. But if it's not personal and that divine influence on the heart isn't here in you, it won't happen. It has to be Jesus in you, the hope of glory making it happen. You can't live on someone else's faith. Amen? So Karis is a... it's awesome. And as I was kind of marinating on this this week, um, Lord, how do you want me to, to finish this sermon? And, and how, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to lift up my son. I want you to tell him about the nature of Jesus. And then I want you to believe me for signs and wonders following. Well, that scares me. That scares me a lot. <laughs> Can we be real? Because if I have to preach this, then it's, if, 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 I, if I get into fear, oh, well, God, what if nothing happens? Kibby, when, since when is it about you? Lift up my son. Just ask them to receive. Put pressure on my word, not on yourself. You can't do squat. But by my spirit, says the Lord, I can do all things. Let's be good receivers. So can I load you up with some beautiful and precious promises now that I've set you up to receive it? Are you ready? Okay. Adversity. Let's put that up there. Psalm 34, 19. Many scriptures in the Bible become rhema. Here's one. Adversity. When you're in it. How many have faced adversity or are currently in it? Raise your hand. A lot of you. Here's what I would say to that. Many evils confront the consistently righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them. Does it say all? Let that just conceive in your heart for a second, okay? Protection. Let's say you have irrational fears. Psalm 91, verse 10. There shall be no evil befall you, nor any plague or calamity come near your tent. I agree. Finances. Giving. Deuteronomy 8.18. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth... And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. So the way I re- read that is he's El Shaddai, not El Chipo. <laughs> Remember, grace is more than unmerited favor. Do you really think in the presence of Jesus there was ever any lack? All throughout scripture, all I saw was a God who multiplied everything he touched. The greatest lie that we've believed is that we are undeserving. We're deserving because we're his kids. We're deserving because we're worthy because he makes us worthy. Our sins make us unworthy, but when you're in the presence of the divine, it changes everything. I know that's hard for some of you to believe, but you know what? I have people fight me tooth and nail on this. Oh, brother, you know, that's, I deserve that sickness and disease. And I, you know, uh, well, so why do you go to the doctor? Why do you want to be well then? If God wants you sick, why are you going to the doctor? That's hogwash. Now, and that's the kind of doctrinal puking that Jesus raged against 2,000 years ago. Does that mean that everybody I pray for gets healed immediately? No, I can honestly tell you that's not true. But you know, the Lord said to me, put pressure on my word, not on you. It is not about you, Kibby. It is not about when you pray for someone in your community, which you should do, it is, you're putting pressure on God's word, not on your performance. 
when it becomes rhema in them, things happen. Here's one. Luke 6, 38. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you full and pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. Amen. Hallelujah. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Hey, I receive that. That's a word from Jesus. Isaiah 119, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Well, I become willing and obedient when I have grace operating in my life. And then I have the good of the land. Amen? Healing and deliverance. Matthew 8, 16. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, Jesus. And he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. 1 Peter 2, 24. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree as on an altar and offered himself on it that we might die, cease to exist to sin, and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed, past tense. I'm closing. Dave, come up. I want to... I want you to agree with me. Can we ask Jesus to be Jesus in here? Can we lift up that name? Here, here, here's, here's what I believe, without a doubt. Some of you, as I was having my quiet time this morning, the Lord was sharing with me that some of you are demonically oppressed, not possessed, oppressed. You've got harassing spirits. You, you love God. You love God. You're a born-again believer. But how many of you have felt the heaviness of demonic oppression as a believer? I mean, it's coming at you. It's not possessing you, but it's at you. And... Kind of what was marinating in me this morning, at least for this service, this is what he was saying, tell those spirits to leave my house now. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you know I'm speaking to you, I want you to be free. I want you to stand up right now with heads bowed, eyes closed, whoever that is right now. I want to take authority and use the rhema word of God to destroy that demonic oppression. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. I'm not the show. You are the show. You are God. Jesus, we honor you and your word. It says in your word that you will heal the sick and that you will bring light to the darkness. Father, with your authority and all the backing of heaven, I command every unclean spirit to leave this place and any attacks on our people I command you to leave right now in the name of Jesus the blood of Jesus is against you go and never come back I cancel out every thought and wrong mindset that you have brought to bear against your precious people and I release the rhema word of God that they have the precious promises over their life they will never embrace The lie of lack. The lie of sickness and disease. Right now, I know there's someone in here that is dealing with voices coming against you. You've you've had some voices and confusion is all over your brain. I I just thank you, Jesus, right now that you are healing that person as we speak. It's gone. Right now, gone. Confusion. Clarity. I speak clarity over your mind right now. And I thank you in advance, Lord, before we even receive it. Cancer. You have no right to be here. Leave. Leave now. Leave. Thank you, Jesus, that with one word you said, be gone. Be healed.
Father, I thank you right now that people are receptive to that healing. Holy Spirit, just come. Just flood this place with your grace. More, Lord. More. 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 I thank you for testimonies of that, Lord, that we have great receivers here. We lift up your name. Some of you are facing financial issues right now. And I want you, the, the, the homework assignment for this week, the homework assignment for this week is to take those scriptures and speak every place where God wants to bring life to your financial picture. You've been trying to solve it in the natural. God's going to bring his super to bear as you lean and trust on him. And it'll be easy. It won't be toilsome. You'll begin to feel... Uh, 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 an empowerment in a, in a breath of fresh air that you've never had before. And the Holy Spirit is telling you right now just to relax. Just relax. It's in my hands. I've got the whole world in my hands to just receive. Father, I thank you that you have confirmed these signs and wonders following. That nothing can silence your grace. Nothing can silence you. I know hell doesn't like what I'm preaching, and I'm glad. I thank you, Lord, that throughout the week, you're going to birth something in here. You're going to birth something in our people, and they will not relent. They will hold on to the promise. Some of you have big dreams and big visions. You're not in position yet. Financially, you're not in position yet, but you've got a dream. Instead of trying to work it out in the natural, the Lord would tell you that you need to lean on me, and you need to be patient and wait. I will open the doors for you. That's for somebody in here. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me the opportunity to be an instrument in the healing of our people here. With heads bowed, eyes closed, if you don't know this risen Christ, if you don't know the real Jesus, would you raise your hand right now? If you say, Ryan, I, I just, I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't even know if I'm a Christian. And this just being honest. If there's anyone, I just want to make an opportunity. Would you raise your hand? Anyone? Anyone in here? Thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, that day is changing today. We want to get you a Bible. If you give your heart to Christ today, and, and, and it's such a game changer. When you do, get that Bible. Start reading John. First chapter. Let's pray this prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the divine influence on my heart. Thank you, Lord, for setting me free of my sin. I've asked you for forgiveness and I receive your grace and all the privileges of the kingdom. I purpose to live for you, not in my power, but in your power. And I consider it done. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm done. Do you receive it? Amen. Amen. Next week. Next week. God, God wanted me to do a little less preaching and a little more praying over you guys. But next week we're going to unwrap your gift. I'm excited about it. Bring a friend. And start telling people the goodness of God in the land. What he's doing, I want you guys to start, the more you start bragging on what Jesus is doing in your life, the more he gives you more and more grace. Right? God bless. Have a great week.